Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. I'm excited to have Lori and her best friend's husband, Jim, with us today. Jim is going to share some of the journey he has been on with the Lord recently. I'll turn it over to Lori and let her introduce him. Jim Good is the athletic director at Highlands Christian Academy here in Pompano Beach. He's been married to his wife, Eve, for 20 years, and they have four kids ages 5 to 15. Jim's recently been in an exciting time of life with the Lord and understanding his spiritual journey and how it relates to his physical health. As an athletic director, Jim knows the importance of physical fitness, and it's become a passion of his. But when you compare that to godliness, it doesn't even compare. Jim, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We're thrilled to have you. I know you're going to be a blessing to many and all of our standards that are going to hear this. Well, before we start, let me say welcome to your new building. It's a great facility. And secondly, you guys have been a great supporter of Highlands Athletics for several years with your advertisement signs and info and a special blessing to a lot of our kids in our summer camps. So I just want to personally thank you guys for um entrusting those kids to be part of our camp and thank you for your donation with that well they need to be there and they can't do it because of marriage problems so we're going to be the dad or the mom that's missing to make them be able to do all the activities well on behalf of all those kids and families i say thank you jim tell us a little bit about your testimony all right i'm going to rewind all the way back to childhood um but i was saved at the age of eight I remember it a Sunday night coming back from church and just had some questions as the pastor talked about heaven, hell, and at the age of eight, I understood that the need for a savior, and I remember praying with my dad in the living room on the love seat, and at age eight, I didn't understand everything, but I knew that at that time in my life, I accepted Christ as my savior. As I fast forward, I remember probably the biggest lesson that I ever learned happened my sophomore year of college, and I had an injury. My shoulder um, had surgery, and that was a time in my life where God really woke me up on priorities, and Matthew 6.33 became real to me about seeking first the kingdom of God. And I remember having that surgery and God taking away basketball, taking away baseball, which was my number one love and really getting a hold of my attention. Um, Now at the age of 43, he has been just teaching me some incredible truths that I'm excited to share with you here in a little bit. Well, I know recently you've been through a season of discouragement in your life and maybe not um, a mountaintop experience like you would normally have. So what has God been teaching you through that season of discouragement that you've gone through? Well, you're using the term season of discouragement, which is fair to say, but uh, I'll say challenging the last school year. Uh, The church and school that I'm a part of, we just went through a lot of changes. We went through different policy changes. We went through different personnel changes. And there were a lot of things that I honestly didn't agree with. And I found myself getting bitter. I found myself Um, kind of shying away from certain people and it was a problem in my own heart that I just let kind of uh, get at me a little bit and so during that time I was focusing on myself um, rather than the Lord and he had to get me out of that uh, moment and I'm grateful that he did. 
Jim, I want to tell you right there for what you said, our men and women at work go through trials and mm -hmm. tribulations. Mm -hmm. So they're going to understand because yeah. they are already going through marriage problems mm -hmm. and they do have problems at work also. So this is going mm -hmm. to really open their eyes because they're dealing with bitterness. Right. That is one of their mm -hmm. issues that they have with bitterness with their mm -hmm. in-laws, their husbands, their wives, mm -hmm. and grown-up children that are rejecting them because they're praying for their right. husband or wife to come home. So what you're going to speak about is going to be huge for right. them. Thank you for doing you it. You got it. Well, the two phrases that come to my mind as we're just kind of talking about this is don't get bitter, get better. A lot of us have heard that before. And then uh, no test, no testimony. And so if I rewind all the way back to February, I'm the boys varsity basketball coach. And we had an incredible year. I was really excited about the season that we were having. Uh, we had six seniors. Um, Ryan, your son, mm -hmm. your grandson, was part of that mm -hmm. team as well. And it was one of the closest teams that I've ever been a part of. And it came down to our district tournament, and we played in the semifinals on a Friday night in February against a team that beat us earlier by 20. But we were really confident in playing at home that we would win this game. And um, to make a long story short, we ended up losing at the buzzer. And that was one of the most um, heartbreaking losses that I ever felt. And I tried to, looking back, play it off. But I think I got a little bit depressed after that as a coach, second questioning uh, some of the decisions, the choices. Coaches do that all the time. Did, did we call the right timeout? Did we sub the right personnel? Did we put in the right defense? Should we get back in a zone? Do we play man? And so all that was going on. And I remember coming to school that Monday and really trying to shake that off and go through my activities as, you know, teaching and coaching. And as I look back, that was a big part of uh, getting me into this process of kind of figuring out my why again. And as I said before, a lot of things were happening in our church and our school. Over spring break, we went up to Disney, my family and I, and my niece, Brittany, and we um, just enjoyed the week up there, the weekend up there, and my wife and I had the idea to get the meal passes at Disney, which sounds great. You get to get all these, all this wonderful food because we bought the meals, and we're just eating anytime we want. Uh, we're not even hungry, but there's a hot dog stand. Let's go get a hot dog. You know, hey, it's time for dinner. Let's go eat there. And when I got back from spring break, it was one of the first times that I weighed myself. And that was an eye-opening experience because I was at a number that I've never hit before. Uh, I'll just say it started with the number two. And then uh, <laughs> basically it opened up my eyes. And I remember um, that evening, it was maybe a Saturday or Sunday when we got back, I said, I have never dieted in my life. Weight was never a problem. I I felt like I was healthy. I would work out. I'm a PE teacher. I'm a coach. So I was pretty active, but it was slowly creeping up on me. And so I researched a couple little things and I found this, I guess it was an army diet that I found online. And I just adapted it to my own lifestyle and kind of looked at the different foods that I liked. And for two weeks, I really did a crash kind of diet. And during those two weeks, I lost about 13 pounds. And I started seeing, you know, the weight come off. And then God was really just challenging me as I'm doing this physically. He started working in my life spiritually as well. Um, with that diet, I started exercising, um, getting up every morning, putting in about three miles. And for those, I think, two to three months, um, with the 
different eating, cutting out the sweets, the sugars, the carbs, drinking more water, uh, no cream and caramel in my coffee, which was a hard one, um, no desserts. Um, I really started seeing a big difference in not only my body, but also in my mind and my spirit. And like you alluded to in the beginning, you know, physical training has value. The, the Bible talks about that in the New Testament, but godliness or spiritual things has way more value. So in dealing with all that, um, God was really working on my heart spiritually as well. And I'm sure we'll get into that. So you're starting on this journey with the Lord. So you see a season of life where you're becoming just a different person, where your personality or your thought process is more frustrating. You're um, eating differently. And so you're starting to see a negative change to your um, body and to how you're feeling. And when this starts to change physically first, that you started to see a change in how you were feeling because you were eating better and you were moving but then you started noticing that your time with the Lord was becoming more precious and, and he was really using this time to speak to you in a special way. So yeah. how did that start to transpire? Well, I think um, in my physical transformation, God was really speaking to me about this idea of I'm putting all this time, effort, energy into my physical aspect of my life and making all these changes and even self-discipline. And I was encouraged or kind of use the word convicted, what am I doing spiritually? And what am I doing for my spiritual health? And so things that have um, really changed for me is as I wake up, I wake up every morning about five o'clock. I don't set my alarm anymore. I, I feel like I wake up five, five fifteen. If I sleep past five thirty, I, I had a I had a long night. But I'm up at five o'clock and the first thing that I'll do is um, get my earbuds, get my phone going, and I got Christian music. And as I'm playing that Christian music, um, it's just so encouraging in the morning uh, before the sun comes up to just listen to these praise songs. Some are a little harder. I'll go to Lecrae and Skillet, but <laughs> Toby Mac and things like that. And as I'm walking or some days jogging, I just start praying. And I am spending almost 45 minutes in prayer because that's about how long I'm running and jogging. And I'm praying now more specifically. In the past, I, I would pray for my family and say, hey, pray for my family. Now it's, let me pray for my wife, Eve, pray for her job today, pray for the kids that she influences. In the past, I would, I would pray for my son. And I say, pray for my, my son, Jimmy, pray for my son, Jack. But now it's, Lord, pray for Jimmy to make the right decisions, to, to hang out with the right people, be with people who influence him. So you're getting I, really specific. Getting way more specific in my prayers where before I felt like I was praying, everything was just surface. And, you know, it's kind of like pray for the food and move on. So now it's more specific in praying to the Lord, thanking him, and not just saying, thank you, Lord, for my salvation. No, it's thank you, Lord, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, that I now have a relationship with you. Amen. And it has just, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now, that my relationship with the Lord has gotten so much closer during that time. Um, after I walk and run for about 45 minutes, um, that'll take me to almost six o'clock and I still have about another hour. So now every morning I get in the car, I drive to Dunkin' Donuts, I get my medium coffee, skim milk, no cream, <laughs> no sugar, no caramel. Those healthy. were the old days. And I sit on this bench and I sit on this bench and I read the Psalm of the day. I read the proverb of the day. I read the verse of the day. I have a devotion book and I for the past three months, have read three different books already. And that is huge for me. Now, they're not big books, okay? So easy. But I've read three different books, and it is 
awesome how God is using all of these um, different sources to speak to me. Of course, his word, but then these books that I'm reading as well. And like you said, I am in my own life having my own personal revival and praying for revival in my my wife's life, my family's life, our school's life, my team's life, my church's life. And it happens with one person, and I just pray that it catches fire. You were talking about how you were spending intentional time with the Lord Mm -hmm. and getting your um, day started off with Him and spending time not just giving the Lord your list of wants, like bless Jimmy, bless Jack, bless my wife, but specifically praying. And then when we specifically pray, we start to see answers to specific Mm -hmm. prayer, but it's easy to get consumed because we have so much coming at us. Now we have social media, we have entertainment with television, with um, movies, with influences at work and friends that we have. And if you're putting the Lord last, or if you don't have time for him anywhere on that day that you have, then it's going to be natural to feel like you're far from, from God. And people write us all the time and say, I don't feel like I hear from God. I don't Mm. feel like he's close. I don't feel like he cares about me. I don't feel like he's answering my prayers. I don't feel like I see him moving anymore. And we have to realize that he's in the same place Mm -hmm. he has always been, that we are the ones that have walked away from that closeness with him. Great illustration. I'm going back to almost seventh grade computer class garbage in garbage out and I am now I used the illustration I spoke in prayer meeting at our church and I used this illustration of basically God filling my cup up and then my job is to now pour into the lives of my students my family my wife my kids people that I get to minister to and it used to be like this water bottle we have right here this is this was my view of God this 16 12 ounce water bottle and he'd fill me up but now it's almost like I have this polar jug of water that God is just pouring things in me and now I'm able to reach all these different people because I'll be honest I am going to bed exhausted and I love it I can remember a, I uh, heard a speaker talk about men need to go to bed tired. If we're not going to bed tired, what are we doing during the day? And I'm telling you what, I'm tired at 730 and I'm trying to stay up to like 930 or 10. I'm tired, but I love it because I found in my life and probably a lot of men's life, when we're not tired at night is when we get in trouble, right. whether it be surfing the internet watching things our wife goes to bed our kids go to bed and now it's just me at 11 30 at night midnight and in my past i've got involved in some things and and god i'm going to bed tired i I am literally going to bed tired and i love it because i know that the next day at five o'clock i get to spend time with jesus right and i'm so looking forward to that it's like every day it's like people are saying now you've been doing this for a while when's this gonna fade out i said i hope never i hope it never fades out i'm getting up at five i'm ready to walk and it's more than just walking and jogging I'm meeting Jesus. It's right. like I got a date on that bench at six yeah. o'clock with my heavenly father and I'm ready. And I've been doing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I may have missed two days because we started doing the workouts mm-hmm. and I don't get to do that, but I try to do it in a different time, but it's been incredible, incredible. And it's a priority in mm. your life. It's not that we give God what's left when we get home from right. work. 
it's the priority. And some of you may not be able to get up and run three miles or walk for three minutes or do your devotions first thing in the morning because you're getting kids ready for school. But is it a priority in your heart? So when you come home, are you trying to catch up on your TV shows Mm -hmm. or are you spending time with the Lord first? And I think that's what's so overwhelming. And like the example you gave of the water bottle, because God is just pouring so much Mm -hmm. on you right now, you have kind of gone into this um, area of life where now you are so excited about Mm -hmm. what he's doing that you're sharing it with people and you're realizing that there's people around you that are headed to hell and people that you know and care about. And so you're really being intentional with not just keeping this for yourself. I told our pastor, we were talking maybe a few weeks ago, and it's the first time that I really started seeing people's souls. And I've never seen that. I would just, I would just see people, and I'm an upbeat kind of guy. My personality, I'm a type personality, so I've always been outgoing. But it's now way more of an intentional kind of uh, observation where I'm like, this person needs Jesus. Right. I, I can see it, You're and right. they need him. And however I can do that, whether it be buying the guy behind me a donut. At Dunkin' Donuts, mm-hmm. or paying for the person behind me at Chick Fil A for their meal, or seeing the homeless person and running to the store and getting a big gulp. These are just little things that I've never thought about doing, and I can show Jesus or the love of Christ by those little things, and it has changed my perspective. It has changed my world in thinking that way. Well, it's taken the focus off you. Course. Because we're selfish people. We think yeah. about us and we think about the problems I'm facing and I had right. a bad day and I'm right. encountering this struggle. Instead, you're looking outward right. to what Jesus tells us to do, yeah. to love the least of these. Well, what's happened, like you said, with the TV, I haven't even really noticed it. But I, I used to sit in front of the TV, come home after school and, and maybe watch Fox News maybe watch some sports center before you know it it was two three hours where i was just sitting watching tv mm-hmm. and now it's almost like 15 minutes 25 minutes i watch the steelers of course okay yes. can't give that up yet die but, hard pittsburgh fan. exactly <laughs> so that that'll be my my one to four sunday afternoon but it is now with with my physical energy i have more time to go play with my girls outside let's go over to the park. Let's go to the playground. Let's go play volleyball. Jimmy, do you want to go shoot in the gym? Jack, let's go. And my energy level is through the roof where before I would come home from a long day of teaching or coaching. I just wanted to sit on the lazy boy and relax. I had a long day at work, you know, and now I'm just investing in my kids. I feel like you can ask my wife because I think she's seen a change. We call it our, my midlife crisis, but for the positive, the reverse, the reverse midlife crisis. (laughs) But I feel like I'm a better husband. I feel like I'm a better father. I feel like I'm a better coach and a better employee. And I'm grateful that um, I, I have this renewed kind of joy in my life. And that is so awesome because you're having the mind of Christ. Mm. The Holy Spirit is yeah. overflowing. And Bob loved the song, Fill My Cup, mm. Lord. We used to sing that yeah. when we had pianos mm-hmm. back years ago. Pianos, what are those again? I no, know. no, I got it, I got it. And that is one yeah. of the songs that we would hold our hand up mm. and say, Lord, fill me mm. up because we're empty, we're hurting, right. we're bitter, we're right. angry. And that is what that we want mm. all of our people 
to say, hold up my hand and say, fill me up, Lord. Yeah. I want to not sit down in front of that TV mm -hmm. in that evening. And, and men, I'm talking to you and women, but not fall into pornography. Mm -hmm. That is a, a, mm -hmm. a bondage that we can get into, especially when we're feeling that we don't have our husband or wife home right, right. to meet our needs. Right. And so we need to say, there are solutions. Yeah. But when you open up that word or you start praying and you you know, God is going to fill every one of you up. And that's what I want to say to you. What has happened to Jim can happen to you and can be a blessing, regardless if you like exercise or not. I'm going to tell you, I have learned and the Bob has learned that it is mandatory if you're sick or if you're well, the, the doctors and everybody is going mm. to say, you don't have to go to the extreme of running three miles, but you must mm. exercise in any way, shape, or form, regardless if you're sick or well. And that is mandatory. And this is going to help you radiate the Lord, and you're going to impress in your prayer life when it starts to change you, when you start feeding on the Lord and reading his word, he is going to touch your mind and change your thought process and open your eyes and ears to see others instead of thinking the negatives mm -hmm. about what your circumstances are. Yeah, I love what you said about filling your cup because in a sense, we are all empty vessels and it's a matter of what we choose to fill our cup up with. Right. And in my life, going back to my testimony, I would fill my cup up with sports. It would be basketball, it would be baseball, it would be even a sense of working out. That would be my priority. Um, not bad things, not at all. Hobbies, um, family, those are great things. But when we make that our number one priority, that's what we're filling up our vessel with. And every morning, that's what I pray. I, at the end of the day, I want my cup to be empty. At the beginning of the day, I want God to fill me up. And I want to go through that day and just pour into the lives of anybody and anybody that needs it. And it's funny, on my phone, I have a list of people that need Jesus. And I listed about 25 people. And I'm trying to intentionally go out to lunch with one person a week. And I've been doing that for the past five weeks. And it's just been awesome. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, how to personally share your testimony and evangelism, and maybe even the idea about how some of you can start a workout or, or your own type of fitness activity. Cause a lot of people think, um, that it, it takes a lot of money. There's, uh, do I have to join a gym? And there are just simple little things that you can do in your life to make these changes. Um, so excited to talk about that in a little bit. That's great. Well, share with us a little bit about how someone can share mm -hmm. Jesus. For some people, they're not outgoing like you are. They're right. shy, or it may be a coworker, and they're worried about being rejected. Right. But how have you been sharing Jesus intentionally with people? Well, when you love someone or love something, you can't help but talk about them. And I can remember being challenged. Anytime I was getting around people, it was so easy for me to talk about let's say the Steelers. Did you watch a game last night? Hey, it was a great game. And, and we just pick up a conversation. So I can talk about my kids. Man, I'm so proud of what these kids did. And I wouldn't talk about Christ. But yet I said I loved them. And I was like, why, why, why can't I? Oh, I'm embarrassed. What are they going to think about me? 
And I can remember talking to my dad, when, when you get a point in your life where you don't, and it sounds rough, when you don't care what people think, you, you're arriving. Because I remember at 13, 14, it was all about image. I got to have the Jordans. I got to make sure my hair is in the right spot. And as adults, we can get caught up into that about our perception. And what are they going to say about me? What do they think about me? And it's like right now at 43, I don't care what you think about me. You know, I, I love it's God. About, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. It's all about him. And so my refound purpose is now I want to be intentional about sharing Christ. But you got to be careful on how you do that because it, I believe so strongly and there's got to be some type of relationship first. Not that you don't share Christ with just anybody and everybody. Strangers need to hear, but I'm learning in my life when I build a relationship and now those people say, there's something different about Jim. There's something different about Highlands. There's something different about his team. I know what's different. Let me share why we're different. And so what I've learned with people that have been taken out is I ask them, tell me your story. I want to hear the Rio story. I want to hear the Andy story. Tell me the Boris story. Tell me the Mike story. And you know what? People like to talk about themselves. Yes. They really do. <laughs> yes, and you do. can sit there for like 15 minutes. I'm like, I didn't tell you to tell me this much. But no, <laughs> we move on. But people like to tell you about where they grew up. What did they do? Let me tell you about my mom. And I'm just listening. And in the past, I would really not hear people. I would listen, but I'm thinking about what am I going to say next? And I think a lot of people do that when it's a conversation. It's kind of like, hey, here's how this conversations work. You talk a little bit. I'll talk a little yeah. bit. You talk a little bit. Sometimes people just talk all the time. And then sometimes people don't really listen. But to have a true conversation, you have to listen. And again, now I'm seeing the souls of people and I'm listening and I let them talk. And then after I'm like, man, let me tell you, I think right there, when you told me about that situation, God was looking out for you. Man, God protected you from that. Maybe right. someone had cancer, but maybe God healed them through that. I don't know what the situation is going to be, but I try to say this might be a God moment. And then after that, I always try to share something about my story. No one can argue my story. Right. You know, people can argue this, argue that, their own views, their own biblical doctrine. You can argue and debate that. But when I share to you what God's done in my life, you can't argue that. That's what's happened to me. And I love doing that. And then one thing that's really kind of been at the forefront when I've been sharing my faith is I've always went to the idea of true Christianity, being a believer, being a follower, is this idea of Christ coming down to man. All the other religions are man trying to reach God. Our good works. How, how do I get to heaven? It's, it's about me. I got to do this. And the Bible talks about, you know, not by works. For by grace are you saved through faith. And God's love, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross. He came down as a baby in the manger, virgin birth, miraculous story, and that's God coming down the man. And that's true Christianity. God reaching his hand down and saving us. It's not us reaching to God. And we can fall into that trap so many times of trying to live the perfect life, trying to be a good enough person. Lord, bless me. I hope I get to heaven. And it's not by what we do. It's not by works. It's about what he's done. I know that you're enjoying this podcast, but unfortunately, our time is out for today. Tune in next week and you can hear part two of Jim's story 
as well as how he practically puts his spiritual fitness into action and tips on physical fitness. You won't want to miss it. If this podcast has impacted you, I want to invite you to go to the contact section of our website and write us. We read over every message that comes in, and we have a team that gathers with Charlene to pray over you and your specific request. Let us know how the Lord is challenging you to make a change in your life through your Stand for Marriage Restoration. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.